Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the One Day Closer podcast. So thankful that y'all are tuning in. I hope everybody had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. And personally, I have so much to be thankful for, but something I wanted to share before we get into the episode is perspective. You know, we look and we say all the things we're thankful for, and you just think about all the blessings in your life. But I, I had found out through this experience how much we take for granted. I know we say family's important or blessing with a good career, a good job, and that's all wonderful, except when you can't walk or you can't move your arms. And it's amazing what perspective that gives you. So to say I am very thankful and very grateful is an understatement, and I've truly been blessed. And with that, again, I say welcome back, everybody. As we ended the last episode, we ended it with moving to the Spain Rehab Center, which was something we were very excited for. So let's go. April 22nd, and it's time to fight. Welcome to Spain Rehabilitation Hospital at UAB. It is time to fight the beginning of the next chapter. To say... I wasn't ready for what was coming. It's an understatement. But excited, scared, but a lot to look forward to. With this next chapter came a whole new routine where up to this point, been test, 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 treatment, treatment, test, 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 treatment, test, treatment. Well, now it is time to dig in deep in physical therapy. The schedule I had at Spain was physical therapy, three hours a day. We'd do two hours, get a break, and then we'd come back and do another hour. And they would break that up between occupational therapy, which is for the hands, and physical therapy, which would be for the legs. Also, during this time, I was ongoing still with my IVIG treatments. Made for some interesting times, but just be <laughs> so happy to be out of the neuro unit at that point and excited about the future because we were starting to make progress at this point. Also, at this point, when I started therapy there at Spain, I got to meet my main therapist, and I'm going to say Jesse, and I'll say Aaron in one and two. And the uh, reason we say one and two is uh, they say uh, Aaron one and the fun one. I'll let, leave that to them, but I had two wonderful, wonderful occupational therapists and both with the same name. And of course, my physical therapist, Jesse, was my main. And these women had the arduous task of getting me independent and getting me moving. I'm, I'm probably not the easiest patient. I'd like to think I am, but they grew uh, to gain my respect and definitely all my love. So again, like I was saying, we're steadily making progress at this point and trying to become independent, trying to just have some kind of a life. Again, we don't know where this is all going at this point. They can't tell me where I'm going to be, you know, where I'll end up. So as we're going in that first few days there at Spain, on April 26, I had improved so much that I actually was able to stand up from the bedside. So sitting on the bed, of course, who can I cheated and lifted the bed up a bunch, but I was able to get off that bed and stand up and, and mount up onto my walker. And the type of walker I was using, I believe I said it before, but 
called like a standing rollator. So they have armrest and because my hands didn't function, it wasn't like I could hold the handles. That was a big, big, big accomplishment up at that point. And it really just felt like we were on our way because just, you know, what we were six days, seven days from diagnosis at this point, And just amazing. From that, so much going on on the personal end. So as we're going into that week, I know I had mentioned we put the house up for sale and we were going to move to Birmingham. And on April 29th, the house sold. Not only did it sell, but the house sold in less than an hour. Actually, the first person that looked at it purchased it. So you got to love that that crazy housing market we had not that long ago. But praise the Lord. So one more prayer answered when we knew that we committed to my treatment and long-term recovery. Getting the house sold was a big part of that and moving on forward. And, and again, it was so, so amazing that it happened like that. And again, we, we figured too that it was just another sign from God that the right decisions were being made and we were following the path we were led. So to cap off an unbelievable week, on April 30th, I had my greatest performance ever. And I'm telling you, I've stood on stage at the Whiskey A Go-Go in Los Angeles and played with Judas Priest. I've stood on a stage in Las Vegas and played with Paul Stanley from Kiss. I've jammed with members of Quiet Riot and Dio. Just to name the biggies there. I've been blessed. But on this day, on April 30th, my greatest performance happened in my rehabilitation hospital room with a ukulele. I know I mentioned that UAB provided music therapy for neuro patients, and this day was the greatest. So Valerie, my music therapist, and Aaron, too, came up with a plan to help me work music more intently into my, or more deeply into my therapy. Because they realized, excuse me, they realized how important uh, music had become to me or was to me. They came up with a plan to get a ukulele, tune it standard like a guitar, rigged up a device to hold up my left arm where the elbow was elevated in the air. And I'll post pictures of this. And... The right arm, they were able to flop it over. I'm sitting in my wheelchair. I can reach the bottom string with my fingers to pluck the string. Valerie tells me what notes to play along with the song. And the song we had chose was Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. There's several reasons I chose that, but that song's always kind of had a special meaning to me. And... At this point, with this challenge in my life, you can imagine uh, that was a good feeling. So here I am. I have a ukulele in my lap. I've got a music therapist with a guitar, an occupational therapist with a maraca, 
and we're about to jam as we start playing. And literally, I, I can't describe how hard I had to work to get a note out of this ukulele. And I didn't care. It was, it was one of the most difficult things I had done up to that point. To hear that note ring out, it felt good. And we went on to uh, have fun and, and play the song. But something that means so much to me with that is two years later, so that would be April 30th of this year, I actually played the song on guitar with the guitar solo. Took me months of working on that. I used the guitar as part of my therapy still to this day to come full circle from barely being able to get a note out of that ukulele in that hospital room to cranking up the guitar and playing along and playing a song. I will tell you, I broke down in tears. And, uh, but those were tears of joy. But this time, things were steadily improving uh, to the point that every day there was a new ability, something I couldn't do the day before. And it was, it was so motivating, so amazing, and such a good feeling. I felt like I was on the, truly on the road to recovery. Of course, one thing I've learned is just when you think everything's going good, that's when it can change. On May 1st, I had the distinct pleasure of starting to have a GI bleed or internal bleeding. Definitely not what we were going for and surely could have did without it. And here we are, though, and it progressively got worse over the next couple of days to the point where they had to do a colonoscopy and take care of the problem. And, it, and that did work, though, so we were very thankful for that. Sadly, during the same time, starting on about May 2nd, I actually started having another relapse. We were trying to be optimistic. We had one of the doctors that this is how this disease behaves. And I, I really believe they doubted us uh, to an extent, you know, or not fully understanding. Um, I, got, I guess they were trusting in their own abilities, whatever you want to call it. But it took them by surprise. It was devastating us. So I was dealing with the GI bleed. I'm dealing with losing my ability to walk with the uh, walker losing all the gains I had in my legs and in my hands and my arms. And we were just racing for square one, and I was not happy with that at all. Like I had talked about in other episodes, the relapses would come, you know, every, every 10 to 15 days like that. And just, you know, what can you say? We, we were hoping we were past it, but obviously we were not. So, relapse number five. It is shaping up to be the worst one yet, but that's right in line with uh, each subsequent relapse. I deteriorated further, so it's just following, following the, its own game plan at this point. So, some things I learned at this juncture was that stress affects the condition in a detrimental way. And with the GI bleed, the unplanned colonoscopy, things are deteriorating again physically. 
my stress levels were high, which was in turn making the condition worse. So now the doctors had seen firsthand what we're looking at, what we're dealing with, and they realized how aggressive the disease is. So we have their full attention if we didn't have it before. We definitely had it at this point. Like with each episode, I like to throw in a, a story or two to keep it light because even with all the craziness, you have to find some humor and just something to kind of shake your head at or smile. One story was uh, during this time. So we were, I was in my bed in my room at Spain. And uh, like I told y'all, hey, I've, at this point in my life, I'm literally, you know, having to use a bedpan. And that that's its own thing. And we talked about that in episode one. And of course, my wife being the angel that she is, more than not, she would be the one to get me cleaned up. And the only time she didn't do it is if she wasn't there. I'll put it like that. Let's just make that simple. So she was there. We don't call no nurse. We don't call for no help. She literally has me rolled over sideways. She took one of my legs, hung it over the rail on the other side, took my arm, hung it over the rail, and kind of tried to hook me where I'm laying on my side where she can get me cleaned up. And you're probably saying, well, where's the funny part, Jay? Well, the funny part is, you know, we had the curtain drawn, so if somebody opened the door, they wouldn't see in. So sure enough, my nurse that night, she comes in, peeks her head around the curtain, and there's Christy in me, my butt just sticking out, Christy probably elbow deep in feces, you know. And I kid you not, the nurse who, who should have been doing that looks at Christy and says, oh, you're busy, I'll come back later, and literally left. Didn't offer any help. Me and Christy just looked at each other and just shook our heads because as both being healthcare workers alone, just understanding what, what a nurse's duties would have been that day, it was just unbelievable that she just shook her head and, uh, you know, walked out. So we got a laugh out of that. And one other thing during the same time, because you got to remember, I was losing all my gains. So we were just in this process actually heading to absolute full quadriplegic with no movement at all in either arms or legs. So I was moving or being moved. Christy was helping me using a slide board, moving from my wheelchair to the bed. And there's a couple of different techniques you can use. And of course, you know, me, I'm always trying to find a better way to do something. And I should have just went with the experience people go with, but to help make it easier on Christy, because again, we're stubborn, so we're not calling for help. Christy has me. We get the chair in position. A slide board is, in essence, what it sounds like. It's a, it's a board made of different materials. This one in particular, I believe, was uh, some type of molded plastic. You can slide along and get where you're going, in this case, the bed. So to help that, genius me, I tell Christy, let's lower the bed down a bunch and hey it'd be just like a slide right we'll, we'll get me started get the butt cheeks on this thing and I'm just going to slide right into the bed and it's going to be so easy 
And it was for about the first five seconds because once she got both butt cheeks on that board, oh, I slid down a slide right down it into the bed and planted face first in the bed, laying on top of both my arms. And I have no way to move. I have no way to get up. I'm too big and heavy for Christy just to flip me over. And the way my arms were under me, it wasn't going to happen. And again, you just have to laugh because you can't make this up. So we fought that for probably, it felt like 20 or 30 minutes. I, I think it was probably only about five or 10. And ultimately was able to get myself face up, which is a good thing. Of course, the bad thing was I was face up with my head at the foot of the bed and my feet at the head of the bed, and that doesn't quite work well in a hospital bed. So onward with more effort and get me turned around. So like I said, I just had to throw that in there. You got to gotta keep the stories light. It can't be all, all uh, the bad stuff. More good news during this terrible, terrible week at this point was on May 6th, the therapist took me on a field trip to the Lakeshore Foundation. And I mentioned that also in an earlier episode. The Lakeshore Foundation is the Paralympic, U.S. Paralympic team training facility. But the big thing is, is they're a specialized facility to help rehabilitate people with neuro diseases and neuro conditions, whether that's trauma or medical or, or anything course you know i'm completely back to being fully wheelchair bound at this point and we have to get me in a car and get me over there get me out the car put me in the wheelchair and christy's pushing me around and this place was so so amazing i fell in love when i finally saw it i had heard so much about it and here i am looking at a facility that was even greater than than I could have imagined. And when I say that, I'm talking in regards to the quality of the facility, yes, but what they offered, it was literally this massive, massive facility that every piece of equipment was specialized for people with disabilities. Every person that worked there was trained in working with people with disabilities. They had three Olympic-sized swimming pools, a weight room that would rival any, any gym you can go to on a corner. They had some other cool stuff there that I didn't get to do, ultimately, because I did become a member there. They had, like, archery and even had, like, a little shooting gallery with BB guns, but thanks a lot, COVID. Those things were closed, so I never did get to do those. But what an amazing, amazing field trip. And uh, it was worth the effort to get in and out the car and get in and out the room. So it, it, uh, good time. So we're winding down that week. Finally, what they say, the truth hurts. So as the week comes to a, a close for us on May the 10th, received the news that we kind of knew was coming that my condition had deteriorated so bad that I could no longer stay at the rehabilitation hospital and I had to be moved back to the neuro unit 
uh, at UAB, it's uh, NSSU, which is a step down just under the ICU. It was the unit I was in to start with. At this point, just completely dejected, almost in disbelief that this was happening to me again. I look back on the past couple of weeks, and I'm just thinking how amazing it was. And then how did I end up back, not only without the ability, you know, with the strength to move my arms, but now I didn't even have the ability. The disease had progressed so rapidly at that point that from the shoulders down and from the hips down, there wasn't nothing moving. And it was scary because I thought this was it. This is what I'm going to definitely be like the rest of my life because even with their treatments, it still happened. Got that big dose of reality. We're just praying for answers, trying to stay positive, trying to comprehend and just understand what this means for my future. And about this time, they were getting ready to move me, so we're just waiting on the room to be available at the NSSU. My angel arrived at my bedside, and when I say that, I've had many angels through this, my wife being the main one. But this angel I'm talking about was my physician, Dr. Vasquez, and she was the one, she is a neuromuscular specialist, and she was the one that was running things from a distance up to this point. And when this happened, she came straight to the bedside and evaluated me further, questioned me further, trying to figure out what they missed, trying to understand not only how aggressive the disease was, but how it was behaving at that point. And uh, it was an interesting conversation. I learned a lot about my nerves that day. She explained the disease in more detail, and she put it in, in such an easy way to understand. As Dr. Vasquez is talking with us and examining me, we're waiting to move over to the neuro unit. And, of course, we had plenty of questions. But Christy had to ask the one that... Seems so simple, and we were not ready for the answer. What she had asked Dr. Vasquez was, in all your experience, you've seen cases like this, or have you seen cases like this, and what was the prognosis, and how did it end up? Because we were just trying to get an idea of, of where this might be going. Dr. Vasquez looks at Christy and looks at me and says, I'll be honest with you. I've never seen a case like this in my life. What they say, don't ask the question if you don't want the answer. Well, we got the answer. Whether we should ask the question or not, that's to be determined. We had a good visit with uh, Dr. Vasquez, and they were. we got the good news that the room was ready in the neuro unit, so all good there. At that point, I probably hit... One of my lowest points was when they had to bring a Hoyer lift, or in essence, a lift, to get me out of my bed, to put me in uh, the other bed, to wheel me over to the hospital. And I'll post a picture of it, but uh, that picture hurts when I look at that. That, uh, I'll never forget that, that moment, uh, as long as I live. So uh, with that being said, they load me up. We head back to the neuro unit. Unbelievable. After several weeks of 
positive gains we've run into. It's just inevitable what seemed like the worst thing that could happen. So again, to say to say that we call it a setback would be mild. To say we were completely depressed and dejected would be more accurate. But through all of this, our faith stayed strong. I knew God had a meaning to this. There had to be something. I couldn't just be suffering without a purpose. And I still believed that I would walk again one day, even through this hardest part. I never, I never gave up on that. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Next episode, we'll take up with going uh, the first day back at the neuro unit because things get wild and woolly, but we make some progress. All right. So that's how we wrap up that stage. The bad news we were hoping would never come again came, but we'll just push through it. Faith, trust in God, and it was being tested at this point. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening. Just so, so happy that you joined me on this journey. I hope that my struggles and faith can inspire somebody else to trust and have faith in God. With that, I pray that may God bless y'all, keep you safe, you and your families, and remember, live your spirit.